0: Hello and welcome to the Research ResearchOS podcast. We are a global collective of freelance researchers who work in partnership to grow their businesses and develop their craft. We foster knowledge exchange between researchers from all over the world, host networking events and webinars on running a successful research business. If you would like to know more about us, take a look at our website or drop us an email at contact at researchos.com. We would love to chat with you. I am Leandra, the community manager here at Research OS, and I will be your host today. We created this podcast to spark interesting discussions with our members and audience about being a freelance researcher, our struggles, learnings and experiences. In this episode, our guests Namizi Oliveira, Charlie Ward and Tiago Lacerda will share their current challenges as well as the progress they are making while advocating for and building a research practice within the respective companies they work in. They are all UX researchers working in large businesses in Brazil and in England. Welcome you three, and thanks for taking your time to join us today.
1: Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Mm, So first,
0: introductions. Uh, Could you please let us let our audience know a bit of your background the present roles you have and what type of company you work in?
2: Sure, I guess I'll start Um, my name is Namisi. I work at a FinTech in Brazil and I've been working as a UX researcher for about three years now. I have worked already in two Brazilian consultancies and right now I'm in this fintech who works at, um, in the financial sector in Brazil uh, providing uh, lendings, oh my god I forgot the word, of uh, lending for companies of uh, small small and medium size.
0: Great, how about you Tiago?
3: Hi, uh, first of all, thank you for, for having me. Uh, I'm a... Uh, my name is Thiago. I'm a Brazilian service designer and UX researcher. Um, I have a background also in, in consultancy. Uh, I've been a service designer freelancer for three years now. And currently I'm also working at Heji that it is a, a, an acquiring bank here in Brazil. Uh, it, it made parts of the Itaú conglomerate that is the biggest uh, private banking in Latin America. So I think this is a little bit about me. Um, I also have a background in sales and what helps me uh, recruiting participants (laughs) when I need to to introduce someone. So that's me.
0: Great. How about you, Charlie?
1: Hey, everyone. So I'm Charlie Wards, based in London, the UK. So I'm a UX researcher at Series C Startup. Um, it's a tech startup so in the automation space. And outside that, I'm in product management and community building, um, running a community for founders called Weekend Club on the side.
0: Nice, nice. Great to meet you a little bit more. So uh, I have recently read a great article about the main challenges researchers face while establishing a research practice. And I would like to approach those main areas with you today to get your perspective around it. The first one is educating others on the value of research. So when you first started your current role, did you feel like the company understood the value of the work you did or you have to fight your way through? Uh, Thiago, I understand you have an interesting experience around this subject in your first project. Would you mind sharing, sharing it with us?
3: Yeah, sure. Um, I, I arrived at, uh, recently at Heji, it, it has been just like five months that I'm working uh, there. Uh, fortunately, I didn't have to fight my way through to get to educate uh, educate them about user research, uh, because Heji is already making a big move towards becoming more client centered, and so this includes research. Um, when I when I when I started there, like they they hired me to help them to. Develop this continuous practice uh, uh, of discovery around one of them, their specific products. And I went there. I did my my my, my research. Uh, had my my findings, my learnings. And after that, like the the challenge I faced was more about uh, how how may I share these learnings with everyone in a way that impacts all uh, uh, the, the stakeholders work uh, without pointing fingers and say like, oh no, this process in your area is really bad or something and, and letting them raise their, their guards. So, because uh, um, I just arrived there. like I, I didn't want to say like, oh, uh, I just arrived. I talked to, to, to a few clients. And now I know that this area is not working that that well, that you should improve this and that, uh, but people didn't know me. Uh, so I didn't want to, to point these fingers. And I believe like this is a common UX research problem. I don't know if Namiz or Charlie already, already faces that. Uh, so my challenge there was not about educating them about UX research because they already understand its value. Uh, the challenge I I had there was how may I bring everyone to my side so we can explore together the research findings. And so, yeah, we had to do it. We had to do it like in a very structured way Uh, because this does not include just research. Research is just a part of this process. Uh, This includes a lot lot of stuff, a a lot of stuff like uh the product vision, the purpose, values, KRs, and then after that thinking about research. Uh what we did that, well, what what we are doing actually uh is a collaborative process uh, where we do bi-weekly workshops to understand and solve together the pain points the stakeholders have and also what we mapped in the in the research so we can build together this, this solution. So this is the way I found to uh, bring everyone to my side uh, letting them understand the research findings and having them working with me to create solutions around that and not and not just point fingers and say like oh we have to you know, we have to optimize the the process on this department or X department uh, so yeah like that this was my 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 experience with them until now
0: nice yeah we we always need to bring people to to our side by making them uh, acknowledge and know they are a part of the process, right? We are identifying uh, failures and mistakes and opportunities to, to improve together. It's not like I'm telling you what to do, why you're doing yeah. wrong, but yeah, we can all work together towards one goal. Nice. How about you? We should
3: not, uh, we should not be that person, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely not. Uh, how about you, Charlie? How was that for you?
1: Yep. So a bit like Tiago, uh, with the direct team that I tend to work with, the product team, so tends to be designers and product managers, they don't need much convincing on user research. They already kind of did it and valued it. Um, I'm there almost to do two things, to help uh, coach them on certain aspects um, and also help set up systems and best practices for the future. Um, Sometimes it's more of a challenge convincing people who are kind of outside of the direct product work because... Not everyone um, sort of understands the, the value of user research. And so there were some people in other kind of roles which need a little bit more convincing. Uh, but I found generally when you show people some like clear findings about, you know, a complex topic, they tend to be converted f- fairly quickly because they, they couldn't really get hold of that before sometimes. Um, so I think more of the challenge I face day to day is... Um, just with the sheer diversity of things you have to um, try and help with Um, because if you're the go-to UX researcher sometimes you have certain things um, which you have a bit less experience with um, and you know just trying to do the best you can to kind of advise them on on the best the best approach sort of thing Um, because some of it kind of spills naturally into stuff that's more quantitative um, and most UX (coughs) researchers are more qualitative so I think there's a kind of two of the biggest challenges.
0: Interesting. Um, how about you, Namizi? Namizi, I think, has, has had the greatest challenges uh, from you three so far.
2: Uh, I've been working, I, I say that I work as a meeting because I'm the only UX researcher right now uh, in, in the company. So there is a lot of demands coming from a lot of different sides. And I really think that uh, both of what Chago and Charlie said, it's definitely very important to uh, bring people uh, closer to you and different levels inside the company to see. Um, but I also think that one of the most powerful things to, to go on the educating system is to let people see and watch a user using your product and giving their points of view. I think it's one of the most powerful educating tools in some kind of way because you do the whole preparation um, before you know you talk to them about what it's like and how important it is but nothing says uh, how important research can be when you have your user using what you designed and what you thought and telling it like it is uh, without any filters so I think that that's this is one of um, if I can add on what the voice said so far, I think that this is one thing that could definitely um, give it a next level. And also, um, I think that this is something that goes on education, but it will also bring to the other points. Uh, try to make, um, I think that the stakeholders usually understand uh, how research uh, will benefit uh, their company and benefit and bring value to what they're to what they're doing and once you can make them do this uh, and let them understand that what research is doing it's adding value and lowering lowering the risks I think that also can bring a lot of the education of research and the importance of it
0: good excellent points yes showing is also better than telling isn't it so we yeah. need to them. Uh, so look at what happens when people get in touch with a product or service. Interesting. Uh, so the second point is recruiting the right research participants. A challenge faced by researchers everywhere. So do you recruit participants yourselves? Do you have a team to do that for you or do you resort to external partners? How does it work for you? Namizi has just shared a uh, uh, an interesting uh, story about what happened today her, okay? So uh, if you'd like to tell us how does that work for you in your company and how are you building this process?
2: Um, okay, Right now um, I do the whole recruiting. Mm-hmm. And the good thing is that our company has uh, a very interesting database number so we can like I can we have the data and the contacts inside. Um, but at the same time, it's a long process to reach the right people. I have found um, that building a story line, story line is very important, so um, what we started doing is having at least once a month some survey that, would, that will um, address any concerns of the PMs or of some of the squads asking about some questions. And at the end of it, um, asking uh, our users or the people that went on the survey to if they would like to participate on any talks and tasks that we would like to do. But um, since we work, uh, I work as a UX researcher um, for other like asking other companies, I can see that there is a there is a cycle. And last week we were at the end of the month and I was trying to talk to let people take like one hour of, you know, the end of the month to just talk to me and not work. And what happened is that I had um, three users that didn't appear, didn't show up on Friday. And and it was like, what am I going to do now? (laughs) And I was just, um, today trying to uh work more around that and talk to more to more participants um and recruit more people so that we can uh, make up for for those other threes that didn't show up on friday but i can also um see like the how it's particular also to find the right people according to the business you are working with since this one is for small and middle-sized companies, it's there is a very clear profile of people who do it all by themselves. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's easier to contact them at the beginning of the month because you're starting the month, so you're starting fresh, you have time to talk to other people, you're way more open uh, to think about that. And by half of the month and end of the month, they are really focused on, you know, um, closing the numbers <laughs> so yeah, right. having them to like please stop whatever you're doing and talk to me may be a little bit more difficult
0: yeah it's always good to keep in mind our users and and uh, clients agenda when trying to recruit them for for research isn't we need to uh, schedule according to their availability and not ours so yeah trying to um, yeah conciliate all that, it's kind of difficult sometimes. Uh, How about you, Charlie, how does it work in your company?
1: Yeah, so my experience uh, for context is mainly in the B2B space. So it's often business to business. And the good thing about that with mature companies is that you tend to already have lots of people you can reach out for for user research. Um, So that is really helpful. So. You're doing less kind of screeners to, with agencies because you can reach out to people you have relationships with. However, it is important to remember you shouldn't just test with um, existing users. You should also test with people who have never used your product before. So it is good to kind of balance the two to do a bit of um, um, to do a bit of existing customer and new customer. Um, I also find all, it, one of one of the underappreciated parts of um, UX research where well, my experience maybe not in yours is that um, really thinking about who the sample size is going to be for what you're mm-hmm. doing like how many rounds of testing you're going to do Um, how many people should be in each one what kind of diversity of people you want within each segment that sort of thing so we try and put a good emphasis on that Um, just to make and put in some good kind of guidelines for for how to do that Um, but in terms of actually reaching out to people, we often get people who have relationships with the existing customers to do the reaching out because they already have that relationship. So we usually work closely with say sales or um, customer success to help reach out to people. But you know, my, it's more of like guiding who we reach out to on my side and making sure when people have, when there were research initiatives across different teams that they're not just going to the same people every time, because mm-hmm. that can annoy customers. But also, um, you're not getting a good spread of different kind of people. So that's sort of how we approach it. Okay,
0: good, interesting. Um, and you, Tiago, how does work in your company?
3: Uh, I also do the, the recruiting part uh, by myself. Like I work for the the CRM team. Uh, I define very well uh, who who do I intend to, to reach out to. I give them, I ask them the, the name of these companies and how can I reach these people, their email, cell phones. Um, I I see this recruiting part uh, probably like a, something very close to a sales funnel where I'm thinking like, oh, okay, I have to reach, for example, 10 people. I want to interview 10 people. So I need to put more people on the top of this funnel uh, because some people uh, will not have the, the, the right time to talk to me or do, do not want it. So it's just like looking the, at those conversion rates and a lot of follow-ups so I can get, get it right to how many people I want to, to talk to. Uh, this partnership with the CRM thing it helps me a lot, but the whole the whole thing about uh, getting on the phone or sending emails I do it by by myself. Uh, this I would feel feel more before, uh, but after like having the, the the sales experience, they would this uh, I forgot how to say the, the word, but this became a little bit easier for me. Uh, I like for in, in sales, we say that like a uh, good salespeople will sell uh, for three people out of 10. So we are using it, use it, uh, it to take a lot of notes. And I think this for recruiting is very good. <laughs> yeah,
0: your sales background definitely helped you a lot at recruiting. Yeah. The third topic is standardizing the feedback collection process. On what stage are you currently at in your organization Uh, and were you able to implement it already? What can you tell about your experience?
1: So um, for me, there's nothing too crazy that I do here, but for standardizing feedback collection within, so within a specific initiative, um, I try and set up like a spreadsheet template to collect data. Um, And so say we've got a list of, say it's a discussion guide with five questions and then than say it's five um, tasks in the usability test. It's like a grid. So for mm-hmm. each, uh, it means for each specific um, person you're speaking to, you know you know exactly where to find the answer for each each question or each task and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I just make sure I set that up for each one. And there's a designated person who is not me, uh, who is not facilitating the session, who takes the notes. Um, Uh, I find that's a good way of getting other team members heads into the research, first of all, Um, but also having a grid system. It actually saves a lot lot of time analysing the research later, because when I've done this in the past without a grid system taking notes, um, you spend a lot of your time just trying to find the the answer you're looking for, for different questions, and it saves hours of time in my um, experience. So, yeah, I think that's... um, That's what I've got to say on on that question, I think. Um, I'm I'm sure others have other techniques, but that's what we do.
2: How
0: about you, Namedi?
2: I feel like I'm still struggling on standardizing because um, we're still on the very, um, where where I'm working was still very new and very young about the UX research department. Um, Templates definitely are very useful, and I feel like um, having the the research session, like uh, the interview session and then doing a download of everything it was talked about, and I found also uh, there was sort of like this grid where you start putting um, the main finds of each download in one column and in the other one you put the participants and trying to find what uh what is common and what it's not between the participants so Mm -hmm. when you actually um finish all the rounds of interviews you have very easily and very fast um a way to discriminate or to identify which people uh, which user found what and thought about what and it goes um, very good to when you have like a group and sometimes not everyone will be available at um, all of the interviews and all of the testings. So you have Mm -hmm. this main document, but everyone can reach out and look out for the same information. So I found this very helpful um, as the beginning of standardizing something, Uh, but I still... Uh, I feel like have I have a long way to go um, and also try I'm also trying from the surveys I've been putting on to some um, small sheets with main findings mm-hmm. that will be available for everyone. so it's also one of the things I've been doing that it's kind of standardizing by now um, okay so yeah. the the information, yeah.
0: Good, simple, and effective. Nice. <laughs> How about you, Tiago?
3: Um, I'm I'm kind of in a, in a transition step. Uh, before I was using to do all the the interviews before, like uh, if I define I would do like five, ten interviews. After that, I would uh, separate a moment where I would gather this whole information using an Excel sheet. Um. Uh, where I would put like uh, on the on the top row the questions uh, I wanted to to ask, and on the first column the name of the person or the company that I interviewed. Uh, so I would take the the notes uh, using this template. After that, I would just copy and paste on Miro and start doing a, a taxonomy uh, over it. It would take like hours, like four hours, five hours, six hours. Uh, The results were great, but uh, there were a little bit, uh, uh, some problems that we would encounter on the way. Like, okay, how do we put more information uh, inside these groups we already, uh, inside these patterns we already found? Like, does this make sense? It doesn't like, this is a a problem we were using to, to, to find. And now I'm starting to go uh, in the same way as Namizi. Uh, recently, I've read that book from uh, Teresa Torres, uh, The Continuous Discovery. But I'm using the template she she shows up on the on the book, where you can write the quick facts, the the, the insights, uh, the challenge that person had. So just after the the, the interview, you can download that info and then you compare that and not the whole information as I I was using to do it before. Uh, I still struggle with like this, it's working very well with me, like I'm using Miro and I can compare well, Uh, but I still need to manage how am I going to build like a real uh, repository of informations so this knowledge can, continuously be be upgraded uh, inside our organization. Mm,
0: okay, and uh, do you also, like Charlie, do you have someone to help you in those sessions to, get, to gather information, to take notes that, and just help you uh, standardize this process or do you also do it by yourself, like
3: amazing? It depends, it depends. Uh, I also help other teams to facilitate those discovery process. When I help them, I have people to help me. So I, can, I can facilitate this and then we, we can do it together. But uh, for my team, I'm also the, the, the only one, the only UX researcher. So mm-hmm. when I'm doing it with my team, I, I need to do it alone. Uh, and both scenarios are, are kind of hard. Both scenarios are, are kind of hard because uh, it's not hard to it's not easy to synthesize those informations in a way that you can use it later and show to managers and show to 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 executives. Uh, it helped me a lot of times. Like I did something, they were like, "Okay, this information you're showing us is really good, but we need uh, we need to see it uh, on this way or on other way." And I need to and I would need to change everything from the beginning. So it depends on the situation. I can do it alone or no.
0: Okay. See, this could be an interesting topic for one of our next podcasts. A knowledge database. Yes. Uh, so, and last but not least, uh, measuring impact, and I believe this is a critical step in advocating for for the value of research. Uh, because to show managers we are making progress and convince them about the importance of our work, we need to show and not tell. So how can, what can you tell me about this uh, step of measuring impact and then showing your findings? What do you
1: say, Charlie? So this is an area that I'm currently researching, to be honest. Um, I'm thinking mm-hmm. of the best way to do this because it's, it's sometimes difficult because there were certain things that weren't being measured before we started doing um, UX research so it's hard to do like a before after comparison kind of thing mm-hmm. um, so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'll have to defer to someone else until I learn a bit more <laughs> about this area <laughs> okay
0: what do you say Namizi do you have an experience on measuring impact
2: uh, I think that uh, one of uh, I was I was trying to think about that and one of the things that um, remind me a lot it's it's for you to um, measure impact you have, you need to have very clear from the beginning, what are you trying to achieve and which points are you, are you targeting when you start your, your research. Um, and for you to do, in order for you to do that, you need to have your team and PMs and sometimes stakeholders very close to you. Um, I also thought that it, the CSD matrix also helps a lot um, on having those thoughts very clearly to you and if you can um, try to organize directly uh, what are you targeting uh, regarding of okrs or the company strategy so you have very clearly once you because it's very easy to get lost i think because Mm -hmm. uh while you're doing the test and you're doing the interviews you know people will say um the users will say a lot of things, and some of them will be very. All of them are very interesting, but some of them are actually what you need to know in order to impact your company and impact the product you're designing. You're helping to get created, um, so I think that this uh, having from the beginning, uh, which OKRs, which strategy points, uh, are you going for sales? Are you going for um, time of usage of your product? Are you trying to help branding out better? You know, like having that point very clear. I think that it helps you, um, uh, not standardizing, sorry, measure impact. And um, in my company right now, we are trying to use um, some of the apps that will uh, try to, uh, oh my God, I forgot the word. Um, look for like using uh, use the usage of the app. Mm-hmm. So I also think that this uh, will help. Uh, thinking about usability tests, I think it will help a lot on what you predicted and what actually happened.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: you have, um, and you can also measure it very well. You know, having a lot of recordings and having a big number telling okay, so we predicted that this and this would happen and it's not challenging or we have you know, our team ready to answer for any problems. So um, my experience so far, it's a little bit about that, but I still think that this is also a big challenge because also OKRs and sometimes the metrics change a lot Mm-hmm. So, keeping up with that, it's, it can also be quite challenging. Um, yeah.
0: And you, Tiago, what can you tell me uh, about?
3: Yeah, uh, I'm taking the same path as Namizi. Uh, well, there we are, uh, at Hedge, we are using the Opportunity Solution Tree uh, that is connected to our product vision, or OKRs, and then after that, we looked at opportunities and then solutions. And these uh, are something like we're still developing, but something, some principle that I have in my mind is like is to look more on the metrics of the the outcomes than the outputs, for example, like, okay, um, I will not put a metric for, uh, I should interview Uh, a certain amount of people Uh, the metric I would see was like okay, uh, what do I want to get from the solution that I'm trying to, for example uh, I'd like to increase the amount of time that uh, a user is using our platform or how much money they are uh, flowing through our platform and looking to those outcomes is a principle that uh, I'm trying to keep it it, because I think they would add more value when I show to managers, when I show to to executives than just showing like how many outputs we did. Okay,
0: great. Um, So thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us today. Uh, And please let people know how they can reach out to you if they have any questions.
2: Okay, I will say that to me, it's very easy because my name, Alice in Brazil. (laughs) It's not very common. So you can reach me out at LinkedIn if you want to. uh, And through the community also, and the Research OS.
0: Great. How about you, Charlie?
1: Yeah, either the Community Research OS or it's easy to find me on Twitter um, at Charlie R. Ward. Um, my DMs are open, so just DM me there, that's the
3: easiest way.
0: Okay, great. And you, Thiago?
3: For me, just type Chago Lacerda on, and probably like surf designer design on LinkedIn, you can find me. If you type it on Google, you probably see a, a famous actor that's not me, unfortunately. <laughs> and that's it. Just look me up at on, on LinkedIn or research OS community.
0: Okay, great. Uh, so if you would like to deepen this conversation and join Research OS, apply for membership at our website, researchos.com or send us an email at research, at, sorry, at contact at researchos.com. Have a great day and see you next time.